Welcome to another episode of Mirapod Taste Buds. We are your buds, Emily and Melissa. And tonight we are talking a little bit about smoked meats because it was spurred by a trip to a brunch restaurant where the menu happened to have a lot of their own house smoked meats on it. So we went there after a hike and just like mowed down on some delicious food. I had this, uh, I think, omelet that was called Pike's Place. I had smoked salmon in it, of course. For me, that makes total sense. Yep. <laughs> and after we went there, I think they reached out to us or just somehow we got connected on Instagram with one of the owners of that restaurant. So he was like, I want to come on and do an interview. And we, of course, jumped at the chance. So that restaurant is Hatched STL, so we're going to give you a little info on some smoked meats and then dive right into this great conversation that we had with them. Hell yeah. So the method of smoking meat involves placing red meat or fish in a room or smoker and preserving it via dehydration techniques. In the past, smokers would consist of a room made of stone where meat would hang from the ceiling. A fire would be used to smoke in the room, which would dry out the meat and preserve it for some time. Today, smoked meat is done with a smoker, which can be small or large in size. The smoking process cooks the meat slowly, helping to keep the meat tender and tasty. It is believed that smoked meat can be traced back to the primitive cavemen. Caves or huts did not have a chimney, so they would be very smoky once fire was discovered. It is believed that the early cavemen would hang meat to dry in their homes and then accidentally discovered that the smoke would give the meat a different flavor. Plus, it also obviously helped preserve that meat better. Later on, the process of smoking would be combined with pre-curing the meat with a salty brine or simply salt. So this would help to preserve the meat even more and is a process that is still practiced today. So in the past, the goal was to preserve the meat so it would last longer without spoiling. Obviously, we have refrigeration now. So now we're just doing it for fun and flavor and texture. We're just like, let's experiment, which I feel like smokers (laughs) have kind of blown up and it's like way more common. People have them in like their backyards. There is someone that keeps Mm -hmm. one chained up in the park to like a bike bench <laughs> yeah it's amazing I, I like pass it every day on my run and I'm just like such a random thing to be out in the park by the lake but wh- whatever you want to do that's fine <laughs> why would you put it there I don't know it's a good spot I mean other people want to use it but you can't no, you just have nowhere to keep it at your home I don't have a spot where I can do that my back deck is wood <laughs> you're not supposed to use a smoker yeah. out there <laughs> that's true that's true uh, I don't concerns. think you should put it bench wood though no no it's on the ground but it's chained to a metal bench yeah oh metal bench okay yeah with a metal yeah metal chain don't worry okay it was like dang they put it real close to this wood bench it's going up (laughs) i'm sure when they unchain it they move it away from there probably (laughs) oh yeah okay i don't know i was thinking they kept it chained and just used it right there (laughs) i mean to be fair i have never seen them actually using it they might i don't know they might just like sit there and poke meat i don't know (laughs) i hope so Yes, I digress. So today there's no need for heavy salting as the meat can be smoked with a smoker and enjoyed in a matter of hours rather than days. There are three main types of smoking when it comes to cooking the meat. The first is cold smoking, which is a method in which the smokehouse temperatures are kept at 68 to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. The temperature range will help the meat take on the smoke flavor and retain moisture. 
This process requires the meat to be fully cured, and the cold smoking process does not actually cook the food. So hot smoking is the second method that uses uh, the exposure of the meat to heat and smoke. So cured meats are used in the process in temperatures of like 126 to 176 Fahrenheit and are used during cooking. So foods are fully cooked with this method, creating a moist and flavorful taste. Crazy that you can even like, I don't know, cook it the cold smoking way because that is like not hot at all. I know. <laughs> well, think about those scallops that we had at Alea. Like, mm. I don't know if you tried mine, but like they didn't they almost look like they were cooked. They almost looked like they were raw. Yeah. And like the texture was like so wild, but it was so delicious and they were so moist. It was. Yeah, it's baffling. That is a good point. Interesting. Yeah. I want to try more cold smoked things, too. Because I feel yeah. like that's yeah, one I that like I get the least. A little harder to find for sure. Mm hmm. The last option is smoke roasting. With this method, smoking is combined with roasting or baking. This method is also known as pit roasting. This process can be completed with a smoke roaster, barbecue pit, or masonry oven that is wood-fired. Temperatures increase above 180 degrees Fahrenheit during this process. So most popular is American barbecue trifecta of ribs, pork, shoulder, and brisket. I feel like if yes. you've had any of those, you've had a smoked meat. And if you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> yeah, um, fuck yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> yes. I mean, the smells and flavors are intoxicate. Amazing. Yeah. Even, as a, even as a vegetarian or a pescatarian, like I can recognize <laughs> that those are delicious smelling flavors. Um, yeah. We've talked a little bit about grilling and barbecue in the past. Obviously, St. Louis is a big hub, as well as Texas, the Carolinas, Kansas City, of course, Memphis, Nashville, Alabama, Kentucky, Atlanta, Arkansas, even Chicago. All these places, we love our meats, especially smoked. <laughs> it's, we just love them. We're like, give it to us. So they're notorious for having smokers everywhere. So in parking lots, at grocery stores, backyards, parks, as I said, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is when it's like in a parking lot of a grocery store, yes. and they're like making like fresh smoked meats, or Every like day. the the Wallies, yeah, gas station. Oh yeah, they have like freshly smoked meats. Yeah. I feel like and stuff <laughs> like that. So yes, it's just do. so random. But I don't like it some also, gas station. It meats. reminds me of uh, was it New Mexico where they have all the like smoked chilies. Yeah, yeah, the hatch green the, chilies. Yeah, hatch green chilies. It was like mm -hmm. an insane <laughs> amount at that one grocery store that we went to. I feel like there was just like buckets and buckets yeah. of hash green chilies. Well, coming every out of that. grocery store, every place, every parking lot has like a smoker outside. It's just like a normal yeah. thing that like other people would probably be like, "What?" But there, it's totally normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have had a lot of great smoked things in St. Louis in particular. Yeah, I mean, I think your your smoked salmon BLT that you've had. Yeah, High Point. Oh, so good. Yeah, so, so I get good. it without bacon, obviously, but it is fire. <laughs> Sugar Fire has, like, amazing smoked things, I think, as mm -hmm. well. Pretty much anything out of there. Uh, yeah. Pappy's, Salt and Smoke, Shaved Duck, all big, like, barbecue spots within mm -hmm. St. Louis that are incredible. I'm try I've like been trying to narrow down which one I think is my favorite and it's honestly very tough. But I know I think I know. it's sugar fire right yeah. now. Yeah. Ooh. We yeah. might have to like retaste them all and like compare at a point. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, and like they all I think have uh different strengths. Like some of them have better mm -hmm. sides, other one have, you know, better yeah. meats or better sauces or whatever. So it's hard to say. But definitely uh, that would be a fun competition, I think, to run. <laughs> definitely. 
I think that's what's why it also stood out so much when we went to Hatch because like we weren't expecting to come across smoked meats on the menu and it was just like oh what a nice little addition how St. Louis of you <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely well without further ado let's get cooking Alrighty. So today we actually have a special guest from one of our all-time favorite breakfast spots in St. Louis in the Princeton Heights area, Hatched. And we were fortunate to connect over social media and get to sit down and actually talk and get to learn a little bit more about each other. So I'll let Josh take it away for a second. Do you go by Josh or Joshua? Uh, it, I have no preference. I, I introduced myself as Joshua. It's a habit I developed from my mother. Uh, but I, I really have no preference. So yeah, I'll take it away. My name is uh, Joshua Sturma. I am the uh, owner operator of Hatched STL, the uh, breakfast and lunch destination in the aforementioned Princeton Heights neighborhood of St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So tell us a little bit more how Hatched was born and how it came to be. Give us an origin story. Uh, I... I was in the industry uh, for a, another company uh, as the, uh, a partner and a brand ambassador for another, another breakfast and lunch concept here in St. Louis that eventually expanded to Kansas City. Um, and through working there, I realized that it was a concept that really, really worked. And if I could somehow get together enough money someday that I could probably open up a restaurant of my own uh, because the the restaurant that I worked for when they were ready to grow, I had a family member with the financial wherewithal that could, you know, could make a restaurant. Good and fortune. I said, hey, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Small fortune. That's what it takes to make <laughs> one. Uh, yeah, and then you're not guaranteed to make a, a small fortune after you've spent a small fortune either. Um, but you need a large fortune to make a small one. Um, <laughs> so they basically said no. That's not how the company's structured. It wasn't like it wasn't like a slide or anything like that. I was I totally understood. Yeah. And uh, but seeing the the costs of what it took to open to open each one of these things and you know if you got the right real estate deal that was the that was the bottom line if you could find the right the right location Absolutely. so once the quincy street bistro it was the the restaurant where hatched is once once that space became available that's when i really uh started to try to seek out financing for it uh through some different ways um i feel yeah. like i'm rambling on about it but it was it was a long time. I worked for a few different uh, local restaurant groups uh, as like a mole, and then seeing if these were people <laughs> that I wanted to work with. And shortly after each working at each one, I realized ah, this isn't the place that I really want to share hatch with. So then eventually, I got private financing, and uh, here we are. It all came together. I love that it was kind of a, a long like journey to get there. You know, because it's it's not it always really easy. Was. <laughs> it's not because I. I, w I was originally in the fine dining concept for that company that I worked for and I switched over to the breakfast concept 
you know, but had I not been hired at that fine dining place back in 2011, you know, it would have been a very different journey. I probably would not be here right now. Totally. It's all those things that sometimes feel like they're like missteps or setbacks that actually like set you on the right path. Yeah, no, this, yeah, that was uh, when I lost my job in the, in the Kansas city market for that restaurant group. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I came back and so I said, if I go back to St. Louis, I'm going to make a restaurant of my own there. Yeah. That space you found is really, is really great. I didn't realize how big it really was too, I think when we were there. Um, cause we just stayed on like the first level. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even see the upstairs. Yeah. 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 There's uh, it's, it's really nice. The space itself is very, very warm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that really lends itself to, to our concept, especially with the people that work there. They're just very, I have a really good team. I love that. It's always yeah, the people that matter. Did you have to like search for a while to find that location? No, no, not at all. I just, it was just a matter of when, when whatever next iteration of Quincy Street Bistro was in there was going to fail. Because that's all it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because <laughs> I want yeah, this one. <laughs> it was really, really sad too. Because the the original chef, you've you've probably eaten there if you guys eat out in St. Louis at Grace Meat and Three. Have you ever eaten? Oh yeah, there? oh yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. So that that chef there, Ricky Lewis, he is a James Beard uh, nominated chef, and he was the original chef at a place at the place called Quincy Street Bistro, the place that is in the space where I am. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Once, once he left, there was three, three different iterations, one under the same owner with a different chef and then two others under different owners that were just leasing that had to call it Quincy street bistro. <laughs> and then each one was worse than the next. <laughs> and it was, so and, it really was just a waiting game. You yeah. knew that yeah. <laughs> the end was near. <laughs> I did. And once. Yeah, and I had just come back to St. Louis too once Ricky left, and he went on to open a place called Southern first. I'm sure uh, I'm sure you've eaten there. If not, do it's it's really fantastic uh, fried chicken. But uh, yeah, and uh, it's right next to Pappy's. That's the reason I say I'm sure you've eaten there because Pappy's oh. is a landmark, and and Southern is right next to it. Uh, it's yeah, the same definitely. same owners. Um, yeah, so the. As soon as that space was available, I knew that that it would be perfect. Just because there's nothing like hatched in that neighborhood either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are both originally from St. Louis or not, are you? No, we're not. We're actually originally from the Chicago area. I'm back in Chicago now, but Melissa is still in St. Louis now. So okay. I go back frequently yeah. to visit, and we always like have yeah. like a list of places to hit. So you're probably going to give us a few new ones. <laughs> Where do you live yeah. about town, Melissa? I'm pretty much right downtown. I'm like Tucker and Olive. Tucker and Olive. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of those bigger uh, buildings that are there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. And how do you, how do you like downtown as, as someone who came from Chicago, who is your downtown Chicago is very different than our downtown. <laughs> I'm sure it, it is massively different, <laughs> right? but I actually really love like downtown St. Louis. I like that. It's like not, super intense and uh yeah, hustle giant. and bustle you know it's yeah. kind of yeah it's kind of nice to be in like a smaller city and um still have like access to a lot of things and you know 
like everything feels like it's like 15 minutes away which like is not the case in chicago like it'll take you oh my god 15 minutes to get like down the street maybe Uh right you know you can get to like a totally different neighborhood in in st louis like pretty quickly so yeah it's a it's a very small city proper now the the suburbs and and surrounding Mm -hmm. areas are a little bit more spread out and there's some different yeah there's different parts there's good parts and bad parts but that's that's every yeah. city and every exactly every block, really. exactly right uh, yeah. cool i was just curious as far as uh your your experience with other places so i, I didn't know how long had you ever been to quincy i don't know how long you've been here melissa uh i've been here two years now two? um okay. haven't yeah haven't been out like to a lot of the areas still because there's just so many places to explore but mm-hmm. um i try to to get out to all the different neighborhoods as much as i can and sweet and really adventure out there so yeah definitely cool why did you choose to focus on breakfast foods in particular Be- because of the my experience with that uh with that company yeah to be perfectly yeah. honest it's the margins Mm, that's real the the profit margins are just such so much thicker in yeah. breakfast mm-hmm. on well now when the egg when the eggs got up a little high that <laughs> maybe not so much yeah. <laughs> we went from paying seven cents an egg to uh 33 cents an egg so it was wow like, yeah Damn. it was crazy it was crazy that's so insane i had to i had to do I had to do two menus, two menu changes <laughs> in the time that the eggs went up that much because I could not raise my prices fast enough. Oh my god, that's yeah. so real. That's yeah, crazy. it was wild. So they're back down to a much a much more manageable uh, price now. But to in a word, the margins and the hours are yeah. pretty nice too. I was thinking that same thing. I'm a breakfast yeah. person. I'm a morning person. I love breakfast. It's my favorite meal. So I'm like all for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I really like, uh, you know, we have private events, but I, I'm i really thinking of honestly phasing them out just because the juice really isn't worth the squeeze a lot of times with them. Yeah, I was wondering about that, to be honest, because it seems really yeah. fun and exciting at first, and it's like, it's, but it's just so much work, too. It's just, yeah. You know, it really a lot is. Of like high- expectations and demands too so it's oh really yeah and like too. yeah because the people you know it's a rehearsal dinner i mean yeah. if, if they're lucky it's their only one that they ever yeah, have right. you know, no, one, <laughs> right. no one goes into anything thinking that they're going to get divorced but i mean let's be realistic <laughs> half of them do but either way it's the most it's the most special dinner to yeah, that point in that person's life it's the most important dinner in the in either of those two persons lives the mother the father everybody so yeah there's just a lot of yeah and i i actually turned one down today where a dude asked and i was like yeah if it's after <laughs> such and such a date i just said no i just and he Not was like me. i totally get it man he's like you guys do <laughs> he's like you're badass at breakfast and uh nice that he was but, understanding that's a, like that's a good person right? yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah he was understanding and he was a fan of the place and uh, he said, you know, he's like, we're s- still going to come eat there breakfast all the time. And Aww. he said, you'll know me when you see me and I'll introduce myself, you know, when he comes fan. in. So, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do you have yeah. like a lot of regulars that we really do know their faces? We yeah. do. I'd say, I'd say up to 200. 
Wow. Yeah. It's it's a lot. It's a lot because we have, I'd say a good out of that 200 that I say I recognize, I'd say a good 50 of them are just single people, male or female, that simply just sit at the bar and have breakfast. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like the <laughs> like the work like the worker, you know, like we have like worker guy, we have like nurse lady, like you know, there's a <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of different people that come and sit at the bar at like seven mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. You'd be shocked, but it it really does happen because some people just frankly just aren't table people. Yeah. Some yeah. people just rather sit at the bar. And then if I'm eating alone, I would totally rather do the bar. Oh, yeah. always. You have somebody to yeah. at the very least you have a television more often than not. If you don't have an engaging bartender, you they at least, mm-hmm. you know, are present. Yeah. So like attentive. you can yeah, they they if you choose to engage them, you know, they will engage you back because they're behind the bar. They they don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> yeah but you don't Trapped. have to yeah. you don't have listener. to necessarily want to engage the bartender too to sit at the bar so we noticed there's a ton of puns on your menu and uh-huh. we want to know who gets to name your menu items i i did that entirely and i did, did in a, about 12 about 12 minutes maybe no way yeah That's awesome. a lot of them were just names you know and then they yeah. became whatever they became <laughs> like I knew. So the nacho stada, um, yes. <laughs> the go nanners, there's a couple that, that, uh, came from the other place that I worked nice. that I had a hand in making there Very that cool. found their way onto my menu, just under different <laughs> names. What yeah, I thought came were with you. Names. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, everything on the menu, except for one, except for, uh, wishful shrinking <laughs> that, that's yeah that's one of the greatest ones too and that's that actually great. goes to uh her name's bridget mahoney give credit where credit is due she is the yes. marketing slash menu layout designer for kuna food service who nice. uh, is our main food vendor and they print and provide all of our menus very cool that's awesome yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was really fun. Like the creative process is, although it didn't take very long. I thought when I was writing an omelet that had turkey and like turkey and caramelized onions in it, I was like, that reads like really unique and could be like strange, like onions are polarizing and yeah. uh, So yeah, but then that turkey omelet is like now it's one of our most popular omelets. That's so funny. I love that. Yeah, people mm-hmm. yeah. came around. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite dish on your menu? I really like the, uh, I really like that nacho stata, but probably the pavo de pablo, the turkey omelet is just, uh, that one does it's sound really so good. good. Because pepper <laughs> jack, a lot of people don't know. Like it's called pepper jack, but more often than not, it's not Monterey Jack cheese at all. It's more of a version of like white American. Hmm. Uh, so it's like a really guilty pleasure for me, that turkey omelet. Because <laughs> American Absolutely. cheese is essentially just like salty plastic. Yes, uh, but it's like, so good. 
It is so delicious. Yeah, sometimes it's what you need. <laughs> you know, it melts well on eggs. It mm. uh, melts well for queso, for nachos and stuff like yes. that. It's a really uh, versatile cheese for that way. So, yeah, the Pablo de Pablo is my favorite thing on the menu. I love that omelet. Amazing. We have to go back and have that one. <laughs> Smoked yep, turkey, caramelized on. onions, bacon, and pepper jack. We can leave the bacon out, too. A lot of people don't eat pork, and it's still fantastic without the bacon, but. I don't even eat meat, and I'm like, I might just have it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got to know. Yeah, I got to try it. <laughs> How long have you been vegetarian? I am pescatarian, so oh, pescatarian. I, I will do – when I we were there, I had, I think, the – Smoked salmon. Sam, smoked salmon in it, yes, and it was really good. Yeah, um, I remember. I've been, I think, three or four years now probably. Okay. Something nice. like that. I used to be like flexitarian where I was like changing it every other day, every other week. Some days I was vegan. I was like, this is not going to work. This is yeah, too inconsistent. Just, just find a lifestyle <laughs> and stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. People were way more annoyed with me, I think, when it was like, I'm not eating that right now. <laughs> yeah. To, not today. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was, I did it like in my 20s. Like it was like whoever I was, uh, dating at the time was was whatever i whatever i was eating those were my eating habits yep so my yeah so it was like if i was my girlfriend was a vegetarian for i was vegetarian for two years it's easier it that cool, way though. it really it back then though it really allowed me to explore food a hundred percent yeah you know? yeah it makes you kind of appreciate it a little more. I lived with Emily for, I don't know, maybe three or four years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, I was vegetarian when she was vegetarian. Mm -hmm. or I was pescatarian when she was pescatarian. And it... It works. There was... Yeah. It just, like, opened my world to so much more food, right? Because, like... It does, yeah. I didn't really eat a lot of chickpeas before. <laughs> right. Like, when you're vegetarian, that's, like, a main source of protein. Or, you know? yeah. So it was interesting to, like, get creative with new food types that i've never had before never had a jackfruit taco but i'll be yeah there. right yeah. <laughs> that's right and they're delicious yeah they really are and i say that there's a place in town if you've not been there uh lulu's uh local eats on grand it's a Ooh. vegetarian restaurant yes and, uh, we yes I think Fantastic. we've been there. I can't remember. We've been to a couple different vegetarian spots. I'm like, I have to put her back on the there, list. Yeah, and there's sure. two on Grand specifically. There's one called uh, Treehouse. Yes. We've yeah, been we've there. been to Treehouse. We had brunch sure. there Okay, once. yeah. Tree, mm -hmm. There's Treehouse, and then Lulu's is the other one. And then yep. Treehouse is vegan, I'm pretty sure, whereas yeah. Lulu's is mm -hmm. vegetarian. Yeah. We have, some ve we have vegetarian game on our menu, though. We have a uh, nice vegetarian game. Yeah, it, definitely. That's what I'm always looking at for whenever I'm like looking for restaurants. I'm like, how many things can I eat on the menu? You know, because like sometimes yeah. you go to places and you have like one option and you're like, duh. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. The, the only thing I don't have for people that I've really only had like two requests for it in almost a year is the any kind of like soy sausage. I, oh, yeah. Like fake meat or like yeah, fake meat. Yeah, anything like that. Any kind of like Beyond or, yeah. or any kind of like uh, plant based protein. I've had really only like two people asked for it and one was on the phone so. <laughs> they're like do you have it before i come i need to know <laughs> exactly yeah do you have it like well it was like what vegan yeah. options do you have and i said well <laughs> other than like you know getting just some sauteed vegetables on hash browns with no cheese and yeah 
you know, I'd be happy to do that for you, but yeah, we can. Uh, you can have Anna or <laughs> oatmeal. Oatmeal's always usually an option. Yeah, I thought about bringing in oatmeal, uh, but then so I'm like, boring. it's so hard to. I wouldn't. I would want to execute it well. Yeah, and you'd have to. Yeah. You have to make like at least a certain amount to execute it well. That's real. So That's then we probably real. just throw a lot away. I was just going to say, who actually goes for oatmeal? Who's ordering the oatmeal? Come on. Yeah, no, very very few people when it's on the menu. I worked at this corporate cafe and we had to make this big vat of it every Uh single morning. And like every single day at 1030, this stuff would just go in the trash and I just felt so terrible. Yeah, that's cut. That's sad. I never saw more food waste in my entire life at this corporate place. It was, Uh uh, it was uncanny. Like they That's just painful. calculated, they calculated how much they were going to throw away just because of like, based on like what these people weren't going to eat. Ugh. It was astonishing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're so wasteful sometimes. It's like, oh God. Yeah. It's, I <laughs> saw it, I've seen it in some different ways. I've seen it in the wholesale produce mm. uh, arena. And then, yeah, in the corporate dining arena, just the amount of food that just goes straight in the trash. Cause like they, you know, they staff for these meetings and you know joe bigwig is coming in from out of town so they so they have a conference room you know full of food for like 30 people or whatever and then Mm -hmm. you know 17 of them aren't hungry and two of them left and five of them didn't show and it all just goes in the trash yeah they would come two hours later and just scoop everything away just right into the trash I'm like super big on recycling and composting. So Gosh, like last, me too. yeah, the last, I, exactly. The last time I went into the office, it was so hard because they, they ordered lunch and it was just like all this food. And then literally they just scraped it all. I was like literally going through the trash and like rinsing and recycling anything that was on the top. Cause I was like, I can't look at this. This is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I saw on the, about us on like your website that, you work with family. So I wanted to ask a little bit about what that's like since, I mean, we're obviously super close. Our family is really close and we've always talked about starting a business. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's glorifying and horrifying at the same exact time. Um, <laughs> Real. So like the, the freedom that you have is like, you know, my dad can't call HR and I can't call <laughs> HR on him. Uh, but then the yeah, blessing and a curse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah then the good part is no one could call HR, but then the bad part is no one could call HR. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's cool though. I, I literally could not have, we could not have done it without him and I would not do it without him. He is the, uh, a very big part of what has made Hatched pretty successful in its first almost year. I love that. Point. So yeah, but you, you know, there's there's dynamics that you know make it incredibly difficult at times, but then again, that same dynamic make it really really rewarding at times with just like a you know like an eight word text or something like that where it's like, <laughs> yep, yes, that's my dad. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's cool. It's. Uh, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing. I love working with my dad. Awesome. That's what I wanted to hear. I was like, we could do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's uh, it is a, it is like a battle because, you know, 
my dad's only been working in a restaurant and only been a restaurant manager now or, you know, slash operator for 11 months. Mm-hmm. I did it for 20 years Yeah. for other people mm-hmm. at a high level, you know, for the mm-hmm. last like 10 years of my career, we're in like multi-unit management. Yeah. So it's like, I know that side of it. My dad had no idea about any of it. So there was a big learning curve, mm-hmm. but it's a learning curve coming from son to father is not super well received. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can imagine. imagine. Sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, like how, not to mention my dad took out a HELOC to make sure that we could open. So like he also has like a huge financial vested interest in the place Mm -hmm. as well. So that gives him the assumption (laughs) that it's also his restaurant, but (laughs) (laughs) got to re-explain some things here. (laughs) Well, well, because he doesn't, he just, there's certain things he just doesn't understand. Like he wants, uh, once just one small example of so we have this salmon salad sandwich on our menu mm-hmm. it's made in the it's made in the style of tuna salad but it's made with salmon my dad wants to call it uh not your mama's tuna salad which i like that name uh-huh. Uh-huh. but that <laughs> name is also going to be very confusing because yeah. no matter what, no matter what we write underneath it, True. the the last two things that they're going to see in the title of the thing are tuna salad. Uh-huh. So yeah, someone's not going to get the message somehow. You know it exactly. No matter what we <laughs> write. Really oh, yeah. I thought it was tuna. Well, it says smoked salmon on the menu. Well, yeah. There you go. So it's uh, stuff like that just like little nuances about the front of the house and about menu layout and stuff like that is like totally we had it we had a sandwich on the menu that not only was it a loss leader which means we barely make any money on it it was also incredibly difficult to execute and then the product we were always running out of at least one of the four products that went on it (laughs) and i took it off the menu and my dad was all upset and i was like dude this it's just one of those things like we're not a, and it was a, and it was a sandwich. It was a, like a, like a, like a sub style sandwich. Mm. And we're just not that kind of place. And we just, Mm -hmm. there's so many other awesome things on our Mm -hmm. menu. Yeah. That's why I told my dad, like, let's just do what we're good at. We do pastrami. We'll have a great Reuben. We do Turkey. We'll have a great Turkey club. And that's the end of it. And then we have fried bologna and whatever. (laughs) Did you either of you grow up on bologna or had much experience with? Oh bologna? my god, yeah. so much bologna! I'm a huge <laughs> so bologna. I was literally <laughs> just talking to our other sister the other day that I really was craving like a fried bologna and like grilled cheese sandwich. Oh yeah, <laughs> we have that in two versions on the menu. There's a there's a lunch version and a breakfast version. The breakfast version comes with uh, obviously eggs and American. And then the lunch version is caramelized onions and cheddar, no eggs. And you get three slices of bologna. Super delicious. Killer. Um, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> Remember <laughs> reading that on the menu and being like, if I if I ate meat. Yeah, again. <laughs> again, yeah. It was, we're uh, yeah. taunting the vegetarian or the pescatarian, rather. Yeah. 
No, you you are the whole menu. I was like, oh, that sounds so good. Oh, it sounds so good. Nice. Yeah. yeah every all- now and again, she's tempted. She'll oh, stray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very strong when it comes to refusing. Oh, uh, that's okay. Well, at least you allow yourself to indulge a little bit. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Correct. That's good. Everything in moderation, you know. That's that's what I'm a that's I'm a firm believer in that. Mm-hmm. That moderation is like the key to everything because. Well, except for like processed foods, I feel like those you should not moderate even. Yeah, yeah very sparing. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. very sparing. And like my 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 uh, processed foods, it's like I'll eat a little American cheese at work every now and again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll eat a frozen pizza every once in a while. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah, every once in a while you need to. Come on. <laughs> sure, yeah, absolutely. And ice cream. I don't know if ice cream counts as a processed food or not. Depending on the ice cream, I think it probably could. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. like sure, like Blue Bunny is uh, is like heavily processed, but maybe someone like Tillamook is not so processed. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. (laughs) Rationalize it first. Yeah, exactly. Tackle processed foods real quick too. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Mm -hmm. So now that we've talked about a couple of things already, what's your favorite thing to eat? Do you have a favorite go-to? Um, I mean, that's that's tough. It's just because like food is is often situational and like what's comforting you at the time. Uh, I would say just pizza, like categorically. Yes. I mean, like pizza, (laughs) like it's. It's never once in my entire life let me down. Never once. Accurate. I agree with that statement. That is very no, true. Like, even like even, the worst pizza I've ever yeah. had. Worst pizza I've ever had. Mm-hmm. There was probably a lot of it, you know. Yeah. And there's a redeeming quality in there somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's like I can either dip the crust in ranch, or you know, there's something, whatever it is. Speaking of pizza, then. So if you had Nikki slices, I. <laughs> It's a, it's wow. completely, yeah, he, he's my buddy. Check him out on Instagram right. uh, after the pod. Nikki, N-I-C-K-Y slices on Instagram. It'll blow okay. your socks off. So yeah, pizza. Specifically in Chicago, uh, Pequod's is the best. Yes. Oh my God. It is 100%. Yeah. That is <laughs> yeah. exactly our belief as well. Yes. So okay. Yeah. It's that Old cheesy, <laughs> it's that crust. It's that. Yes. Yes. It's that burnt. Can't be it's beat. like that burnt cheesy crust. It's silly. Heavenly. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Heavenly. Anybody that says like Giordano's. Ugh. Yeah. No. I would. Yeah. I can it's accept the Malnati's before I can accept Giordano's. But the, the, the right answer is Pequod's. In my opinion. That's oh my so god! True. You're a pizza soulmate. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is good. This is a good omen. <laughs> and what's cool about the Lou Malnati's though, and that's why they get like an honorable mention, is the only pizza I've ever had where when you order sausage. The sausage oh takes up 100% of the pizza, which is like... It's just a sheet. It's a yeah. sheet. That's, where, do they get a, where do they get a sausage that big? That's what I want to know. It is. They it's must like be making it themselves because I've never seen anything like Dude, it. No matter, what, no matter what size pizza you get, too, it's like a sheet. So they must be like yeah. putting it in their ground and like forming it in there. Yeah, the I only, think they are, yeah. It's so good, though, Lou Malnati's. It is legendary. Like that, but not as good as Peapod's. So what is your your feelings on like St. Louis pizza then? Because it sounds like you're you're heavy on the Chicago pizza. You I like, know what's up. Like I said, I like pizza. Like 
New York, <laughs> Chicago, Detroit, Sicily, yeah. Napoli, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wherever. Like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I really love pizza. Uh, so, but best pizza I ever had though, not in Chicago, uh, perfectly frank, a place called Barbacino's in Brooklyn, New York. And it was just okay. out of sight, just out of sight. Napoli style. It had ricotta. Uh, it was just Yum. filthy. It was just okay. So You're saying good. a lot of good things. Yeah, <laughs> truly. What, truly so, a lot of good things. Yeah. So we. Uh, what about each of you? Like, what is your favorite food? Like when you, Melissa, when you have to. It. I. I agree with you when you say like it's so situational because. Mm -hmm. I, I want different things at different times yeah. for sure. Um, I'm a huge, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a huge like buffalo wing person. Yeah, you know? like anything buffalo sauce, I'm probably here for it. I'll, I'll yeah. see, search out those wraps on like any menu. <laughs> nice. So okay. yeah, like buffalo sauce. Buffalo yeah. doesn't really vibe with breakfast. We could have a buffalo lunch <laughs> item. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I would still eat. <laughs> Buffalo, buffalo eggs? items at <laughs> 7 a.m. Maybe. Right. Buffalo yeah. eggs. I'm here for. It. I mean, I put hot sauce on my eggs anyway. Oh, I do so too. What's the difference? <laughs> maybe. How about this? There's a dish on our menu that has like fried chicken tenders, uh, tossed in buffalo sauce, and then with like blue yes. cheese, and then you call it buffalo soldier. Yes. Done. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> <Killed> it. <laughs> my new favorite menu item. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite breakfast food is usually like chicken and waffles. Yeah, so we're. Uh, I just love that combination. We're gonna do. We're gonna do that soon. Um, so good. Nice. Yeah. So probably not on the weekends though, because we only have two waffle irons. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of a Slow problem. Going. Like if there's like four waffles on the board, they take about three minutes. But then after each, after each, um, after each waffle, like the next waffle, if you put it in right away, it's like slightly not as brown as the last one, and then so on and Catch so on. The up. waffle iron, you know, you ne it needs like a couple minutes to to heat back up, just like a skillet would need, it's an art. you know. So it's uh, something that. Something that we've explored on the menu, but it's it's kind of not as easy for us to execute. Yeah. But yeah, it's a yeah. Sick, that's a sick thing. To oh, like. yeah. Chicken Salty sweet is like Definitely. one of my favorite combinations. Always. Always. Yes. Mm. I'm thinking when I, when I do the new menu, it's not going to be long that I, I do want to get like mm. one more salty sweet on there because we have yes. the French toast sandwich and then we have like kind of our version oh, yeah. of a Monte Cristo. Um, yeah. although it's not yeah. battered like a croque as much as just like egg, egg batter. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, there's, there's a big opportunity there for like to get like a really, uh, a really fun menu item that, cause I, I think that's what makes hatched unique too, is that there's like some, you know, you don't ever see pastrami. Yeah, you definitely have some great anywhere. options. But, but yeah, that's accurate. But, but by gosh, if it's not <laughs> awesome and people just love it, and who puts mustard <laughs> on eggs? 
but it just works with the pastrami is just something about it where it just really, yeah. really I'm all works. for the non-conventional too it's like yeah. I don't really want something I can like make at home or that I isn't kind of creative or exciting you know like that's what I love about like that menu there's so many like fun yeah. mixes uh, yeah and I was telling one of our servers today like these uh group of ladies group of ladies came in and uh one had been there before and two hadn't so she was bringing some new people and they all three got like over easy egg bacon and beef toast and oh it's like Stop. i know we. and we were talking in the kitchen we we're like oh we're like if i came here for my first time i would never get that no <laughs> not no. a million years like, never not in a million years would i go to a place on the first time and get that no, now, like when I, have, I can make it when at I have home. Five minutes, yeah. and I gotta, you know, and I gotta be, you know, at work in a half hour or whatever. Sure. Yeah. We love a place where like we can't decide what we want, so we end up getting mm-hmm. like three to four meals and like yes. splitting yes. all of them. Like that's my ideal yeah. dining out experience. Yeah. yeah. And very rarely am I okay with like getting the same thing as someone else. I'm like, no, no, no. I'll just try some yeah. of yours, and I'll get this other thing, and you can try some of mine. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh. There's a, I saw on Instagram a meme the other day. This uh, person had a thing on their menu. It's like, my girlfriend doesn't want her own fries, small side of fries, and it was like a dollar fifty. Yeah, that's that's necessary. Correct. Yeah, that is cool. Nice. I like that. Instagram's a great place in a lot of ways, but. So you've obviously probably eaten out at a lot of different places. What has been the best experience you've had dining out? I was really looking forward to this question because that's that's the only one that I really like truly had to give like a ton of thought to. The other <laughs> ones kind of just the answers just like came to my head pretty quickly. Not that they weren't great yeah. questions. They were all very, uh, you know, they, they all made me think, mm-hmm. but uh this one was cool so i have to say that it was at uh craft restaurant in manhattan which is a tom colicchio restaurant and it was so like if you've been to new york and you've been to manhattan specifically like a lot of places are really stuffy and like mm-hmm. the energy is like, oh, like who are you when you walk yeah. in the door rather than like, hey, welcome in. So oh, like man. from the moment I set foot in craft, it was like just from the hostess to like, hey, I just have, I'm just by myself. Like, do I need a reservation? And she's like, no, you can sit at the bar. And it was like 530, you know, so it wasn't really yeah. even like dinner time yet. So I, I, they weren't even that busy. But it was just like the bartender was super engaging. And then, of course, the food was just I had. Yeah, I had short ribs and it came out in like this Mm -hmm. little copper pot with these little baby carrots. It was just from beginning to end. They give you a free uh, amuse bouche, too, when you sit down. I love that. Yeah, that was really cool. Now you know you're in for something good. Yeah, it was a little scallop. It was a little scallop. Mm -hmm. It just had like a little dot of like you know some like lemon aioli or something like that delicious. And it was just like ah uh, it was just like the perfect way 
and uh, I was still drinking at the time. Uh, so this was, yeah, it was just incredible. Like I had this great Prosecco yeah. and then I had this great gin cocktail. I don't even like gin, but the bartender was like, no, you'll like this. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. You got and, me. Yeah, and then of course, yeah, it was fantastic. Like, yeah, the craft in, in Manhattan, craft restaurant was just everything I wanted it to be. Yeah, I feel like what you said too about the way you're treated like when you walk in and just like how people yeah. engage with you is just so important. Like, it set the tone immediately. This yes. lady was, she was lovely. It was like, because mm-hmm. it's in a really, it's in a really nice, nice part of town, like a really nice part of Manhattan, like where a lot of rich mm-hmm. people live and a lot of rich people work and yeah. But like, they, yeah, she just couldn't have been more inviting. And then the bar is like kind of off to the right after you walk in and she like motioned me in said the yeah. dude's name and she's like yeah he's waiting to see you and he was he like it was odd there was nobody at the bar he was like polishing a glass it was like a scene out of a movie it was like, that's awesome it was, <laughs> it was yeah it was incredible if you've not been to manhattan have you either of you um i have only been no. to new york for like 24 hours for a bachelorette party many okay. years ago so it's been on my list to return to for a yeah, very long time <laughs> for sure yeah you just yeah. got to take a sister trip there and do like a big food tour there's just so many that's so the many great places really yeah mm-hmm. between the food and the art i can't wait i had a buddy that lived there so i had i always had a reason to go there from like 2013 till the pandemic basically is when his restaurant closed so my buddy that's when my buddy lived there for that long and i was just yeah it's a great good city. excuse to visit whenever you've it got really a friend was. somewhere it's like yeah. perfect <laughs> yep 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 i'll be there yeah <laughs> do you have like any sort of a signature drink it sounds like you don't drink anymore mm-hmm. but it could be a non-alcoholic mm-hmm. drink as well mm-hmm I don't, but man, if I didn't drink, if I didn't drink vodka club soda, like yeah. it was my job. <laughs> yeah. I, so like be, before I turned 21, I did, uh, you know, like whatever, you know, like Jack and Coke and Stoli yeah. Vanilla and Coke and Captain and Dr. Pepper and like all the sweet stuff. And <laughs> yes. uh, I found out pretty quickly that those sugary sodas mm-hmm. are what really, really lead to like massive, massive hangovers. Yeah. Um, yeah. The worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought, well, this is probably a really good way to hydrate because it's water as well. <laughs> you got smart. Uh, yeah. So I was like, yeah, but I just, and then I was like, if you squeeze enough lemon in it, like it doesn't really taste like anything but lemon. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> that, yeah, I just, I, it became like my, like, like literally like that. I drank that drink for like 20 years. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That was definitely a signature drink then. <laughs> About 17 years I yeah. drank that drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now my favorite beverage is the, uh, is just this coconut sparkling water. That's like my, that's my cocktail. Although I love sparkling water. Ooh, coconut spark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had Q ginger ale? No. The brand Q, like no. the letter Q, it's delicious. It's got like, it's what we serve at Hatch, uh, but it's got like yeah, it's okay. rosemary and 
delicious. All sorts of little uh, like cayenne extract and. I love ginger ale, nice. so I'm I'm all about that. I do too, and I specifically yeah, love this one out. because it's it's also it's sweetened with agave instead nice. of uh, high yeah. fructose corn syrup. Or exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little more love natural. That. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. High fructose corn syrup <laughs> soda is absolutely delicious. Like there's <laughs> there's something about it where like possibly it's just, addictive. <laughs> It, it, you know, I think there's actually been studies on that, like that the yeah. the corn syrup does actually have this effect on your brain because of it's like sweet yeah. properties, but then it like has no, you know, it's not actual sugar. Mm-hmm. So it does already sort of like trick the body and trick totally. the taste buds in a way, mm-hmm. which does inherently, I think, make it more desirable. So you're probably right about that. <laughs> yeah. So all those processed foods are incredible. Like they're all, that's, that's why they are what they are. Oh yeah. They were designed to yeah. like make you <laughs> want them. Yes. They're designed to make you want <laughs> yeah. them. That's exactly uh-huh. right. And they're, you know, they're. Well, horrifying. It's scientifically kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Because there's like, I know that I noticed on your, uh, when I was, and I didn't, like I said, I listened to two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones about science and things like that, like the little yeah. snippet ones about stuff about how things are made. Yeah. You guys know the about the McDonald's soda and like all the steps that it goes through. I read something a little bit about this not too long ago, but I yeah. but elaborate. That, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's basically like everything they do is proprietary from the way that it's stored. To the mm-hmm. way that it's shipped, to the way that it's fed through the lines, you know, yeah. all, all of that kind of stuff is like all proprietary to McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and then, you know, this is something that Ray Kroc set up like, you know, like 60 years ago, whatever. And yeah, that's that's basically it. It's like their so soda <laughs> is designed to make you want it. And they can't tell you not only about to it. make you want it. They even, if you've noticed, I don't know how often you eat at McDonald's, if at all, um, <laughs> the straws are super wide. So oh, you yeah. can have more soda. Yeah. Yeah. They really did. They thought it down to a literal science yeah. of like, how Crazy. can we make our soda the best? And then how can we make people drink the most of it? Man, marketing is a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) They're the best at it. They're the best globally marketed company probably in the world. Because it's like everybody that's in that drive-thru knows the shit's terrible. Yes. They're still in the (laughs) drive-thru. But yet we're still lining up. Right. The line's wrapped around the building with people that understand like this food is potentially toxic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is crazy. It's only two dollars, and I have it right now. So yeah, yeah. that's the big. That's the biggest problem. So wild. Uh huh. <laughs> is there anything that um, you remember in the kitchen that like st- sticks out in your mind as like a favorite memory? Uh, yeah. There was this. Um, this guy that I worked with uh, when I was in my early 20s, and he was like fresh off the boat Italian. Yeah. 
and he got a job as a line cook at this place that we worked at and uh his name was alfio <laughs> and his last name was shaka uh but you know it's spelled in like the italian way like s-c-i-o-c-c yeah <laughs> you know but pronounced like and this was at the time when silk the shaka was very very popular still <laughs> And uh, if you even know who he is, I'm not sure if you do. I forget that y'all are about my son's age. Uh, <laughs> so the Shaka, if you're not hip, was a rapper. Uh, early 2000s-ish. So this guy, of course. I feel like I should know that. Like I should have. Is that living under a rock? He was not. He wasn't like super popular though. But he was with that whole, uh, like the whole No Limit scene. Okay. With like Master P and yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was like Master P and Silk and uh, some other guys. But never mind. Alfio was called Shaka. Long story short, (laughs) this guy taught me like he made this pasta where he took some he took some anchovies, some basil. Some shallots mm-hmm. and chili flake and olive oil, a little butter and some Parmesan cheese. And it was like the best pasta to this sounds day good. I've had in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, and good. I still make it to this day and I call it Alfio. And <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, and it's just, I, it sticks out like a sore thumb and just like <laughs> what it, it just like, one thing I love about food is that it brings people together. Mm-hmm. So here's this guy like barely speaks English, mm-hmm. you know, but then he's like, it's like the end of the night. I'm a server. <laughs> and I've had a shitty night. And he's like, you know, like, you want me to make you some noodles? And I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm just like sitting there bullshitting <laughs> with him. And like, he's, and I'm thinking like, Oh man, what a treat. Like this guy, like, off the boat Italian guy is about to make some pasta for me and like watching him and like he threw and he's talking about the anchovies and like hey he's like get you want to chop them so small that they're gonna like liquefy in the pan and become like kind of like the essence of the sauce almost Mm -hmm. so yeah so that was uh that was pretty cool oh and pine nuts I forgot there are pine nuts in there I use almond slivers uh when i make the recipe at home just because pine nuts are just so like stupidly overpriced it doesn't make sense to me what is that Still bad. i don't understand what is that <laughs> like where is it coming it must from be hard to like yeah, yeah like hard to na- i thought we nailed agriculture right like <laughs> you know like why is it why is a pine nut so much harder to come by we're gonna have to research this i think that just reminded me now i'm like okay why why are they so expensive yeah Yeah, what makes so expensive what's the deal well you're probably just gonna have to throw macadamia and pistachios in there too in relation to their price yes seriously what's happening with these nuts (laughs) how did you like learn to cook was it family or uh well yeah like my mom and dad you know seeing and watching them cook I feel like every every kid picks up a little bit. Yeah, picks up something. Yeah, you pick Hopefully. up something. <laughs> At least a couple recipes here and there, a couple techniques, you know, from home. But where I like really learned how to cook is working in restaurants and like actually yeah. observing chefs and cooks cook. That's where I. I mean, I. 
yeah, that's the best experience there is. Did you always kind of want to be that? I Oh, yeah. I mean, I always, I kind of knew probably from the time I was like 19 that I wanted a career in hospitality. It was just, uh, you know, just the journey was going to be the journey and, you know, yeah. whether it was going to be. Because up until before I opened Hatched, I had multi-unit positions for people. I had a multi-unit position for the breakfast place. And then I had a, when I left, before I left Kansas City, I had a multi-unit position for this coffee company up there called The Roastery. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pretty much from a very young age, I knew that I wanted a career in hospitality. But, yeah, it was just the, the journey would be the question. Yeah. <laughs> and now here it is, the ultimate. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate destination is like to <laughs> to own your own place and definitely a, a good good dream, noble dream. Oh yeah, fun. <laughs> it was, it's been and it's fun, you know. Like my twenties were a blast. Like mm-hmm. my late teens, I was a server at Planet Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah on on our in in a part of town too called the Landing at the time, which was like. It's down where the Lumiere Casino is now or whatever, I think, whatever it's called now. Um, But anyway, like when I was in my late teens, like that was the place to be. And that's where I worked and I was making so much money and like it was just, it was a fun journey. It was a really fun journey because I met, I met tons of people along the way and there's like sprinkles of, you know, each part of each journey that I still know the people like I still know a few people from planet Hollywood. I worked there in 1998. I mean, that's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been been a really fun journey. Uh, Just doing, I've held every position to from, you know, dishwasher to, you know, upper level management to cook, whatever I've done. I've literally had every position in a restaurant. I feel like that's so important. I feel like that just makes you even more prepared for your own space. You know, it's like, you know, backwards and forwards that industry. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of restaurant owners don't go in with that kind of ammunition. What is your favorite thing to cook? Or is there anything that you still want to master in the kitchen that you like still keep trying? Man, if I could like, like make a perfect frittata all the time. Like stuff like that is like really, really difficult for me. It's like, I don't know. But you're a breakfast guy. You can't master a frittata. I know, right? Because I want to put a a frittata on the menu, but I got to like figure out a way to execute it. So, but no, my favorite thing to cook, I would say that like any kind of like long cooked green or any kind of like long cooked, uh, like bean or lentil, like I, to make a pot of lentils that tastes like steak that's vegan is like something that's like very rewarding for me. So I, I'd say like, yeah, I would say lentils, like of all the things that I like think are like my favorite thing to cook, like as far as like when I cook them, I'm enjoying this and it's yield the most. <laughs> yeah. I would say yeah. it's lentils. That's awesome. That's an interesting answer. I love it. I don't think I've ever even made lentils. Oh my gosh. (laughs) They're so delicious. 
and they're they so are. easy. Like you, yeah. they're going to taste like whatever you put them with. So, you know, you flavor them how you want and you know, yeah. whether it's coconut milk or, yeah. you know, if you want to do like a savory Southwestern way with yeah. them too is really delicious, but cause then it, ta- then it sort of tastes like chili, which is cool. Oh yeah. I love um, chili. But yeah. I'd say lentils. All right. But then I'd also like to master a frittata. <laughs> there. Let me know when you do. I'll be back to try that one on your menu. Okay, well. yeah. We'll put it on the menu. <laughs> yeah. Is there a food that you've always like wonder how it's made, maybe? Yeah, but here here's the trouble. I, I, when I read this question, too, I was like, but we live in a day and age where we don't have to wonder anymore. It's true. Uh, <laughs> so, so as soon as you wonder, you just look it up, and then you, and then you know. So... <laughs> One of those foods that I wondered about that now I know was Pringles. Like I always, oh. always thought that was interesting, like how they got them in their shape and got them into that can and That's a good one. you know slice them and all that kind of stuff without without compromising the product either. Uh, yeah. So now, having not seen that show in a while, <laughs> I would really like to know how they make these meringues at trader joe's yes do you know those things yes i've seen them i would like to see that too they're so good and there's got to be like it's got to be like the simplest thing but they just have this texture that's just so incredible that i'm just so curious how they make those because trader joe's is like on some big brother shit like with with their like addictive stuff and the yeah. way they oh, yeah. the way they do yeah. it, like they'll do these ones where they make this like amazing thing, and then they'll never make it. But then they'll make it like ten years later, and they'll just make one pallet, and it'll sell it out. So it's true. Like, just when you stop checking for it, every time it comes back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Bastards. And then you don't hear yeah. about it coming out, and then you go and you like see the empty end cap, and you're like, "Hey." <laughs> Are all those gone? And they're like, yep, they sold out today. You bastards. That's Trader Joe's. That's why those little uh, those little things on your Google Discovery feed about Trader Joe's, you got to look at them. You can't let anything pass you by. That's right. I feel like I'm going to be getting more now that we talked about it, too. You know, oh, my computer's for sure. listening. For yeah. sure. For Classic. Sure. Getting Google alerts. Yes. Trader Joe's algorithm inserted. Uh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Do you have something that you consider your biggest cooking fail? Have you ever had something just go horribly awry or sideways and you're just like, how did this happen? Yes. (laughs) I made these beans one time and they just were like, they just wouldn't taste right. So I just kept like adding shit to them and adding shit to them and then like, yeah, it was just this big major catastrophe. And it was like shortly after I had moved in with this lady. And oh, she was no. like trying to eat less meat. And I was like, oh, I can make this great bean dish. Like this cassoulet <laughs> or whatever it was. And uh, So did you eat it or did you throw in the towel? No, we we <laughs> tried to eat it. And then we both came to the realization that it was not edible it was just like <laughs> the flavor was just so yeah. off-putting uh, that, yeah <laughs> it's good to know that even chefs have bad days too you know 
Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, sure? yeah, for yes. sure. What about like the grossest or weirdest thing that you've eaten? And that's like obviously subjective. Yeah, because, no, of course. Mm -hmm. Because what's gross to you may not be gross to somebody else. You know, they eat monkey brains in some sorts yeah. of the world yeah. and they're totally okay with it. And I probably yeah. would be too had I grown up eating monkey brains. Yeah, um, exactly right. However, that always just makes me think of like Indiana Jones. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same thing. Killed Every monkey time. brains. But back then it was like this horrifying thing. But then you see Andrew Zimmern <laughs> probably has eaten monkey brains on TV. Legit. So um, I'd say the weirdest thing that I ate was like actual kimchi. If you've ever had actual kimchi. Uh, not like from a restaurant or a store, but from like your Korean friend's mother's backyard. Interesting. Kind of kimchi because kimchi is traditionally made in the ground. I'd say the strangest thing is, and it was not appealing. And I like vinegar. <laughs> I like, I like fermented, you know, I'm not opposed to that taste. Like I like sauerkraut. Yeah. I like kimchi that I've had at places like in some fusion tacos or in like a kale mm -hmm. salad or something like that, or in a sushi roll. But this stuff was like different breed. It was it was like a different breed of funk <laughs> that like if you didn't if you did not grow up with yeah. and you did not like eat on the reg, it would make mm -hmm. you want to throw up in your mouth. And that's exactly and that's exactly what it made me want to do. And I felt <laughs> bad because like I had loved I still do. Like my friend Bobby, he's Korean, like his his mom's food is amazing. Yeah. So but the that ground kimchi is not for me. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that you've never tried, but you're just like, no hard pass? I would not. This is go this there. is another one that I told somebody about that I had to think about this answer a little bit, and yeah, I thought about it. Yeah, those uh, the goat testicles they call them Rocky oh. Mountain oysters. Oh yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pass. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I've seen them. I've seen them too many times on like chop and iron chef and stuff like that where i'm like no i can i can safely say that good i don't not want interested. i do not have <laughs> no interest in ever trying those i'd eat raw chicken before i'd probably eat those because there's certain raw there's certain chicken you can eat it's called the blackfoot chicken oh hmm. that you can eat raw okay. interesting yeah or the black chicken or blackfoot yeah. chicken yeah there's uh yeah you can eat it raw it's uh there's like it's yeah. featured in like chicken sashimi on several oh. menus throughout the world. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I I would do that before I eat a goat testicle. Yeah, it sounds better. It sounds <laughs> that sounds way better. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, because if you season if you season raw chicken, mm -hmm. it's probably going to taste like cooked chicken. Yeah, I could see you it. Know what I mean? You don't know what a goat testicle tastes like because you really don't have anything to compare it to. It's probably got a really weird texture. It just looks like it yeah. A the weird texture alone, I think, would be a no. For yeah, me. I'm a huge texture person. Like I can't get Jello down, so like Ooh, I can wow. do oysters, but like you can do that, oysters, yeah. which but makes not no jello? sense to me. I know that is pretty nonsensical. Jello like, closes my throat up. I don't know what. Okay. <laughs> Which That's is the weird. most like slide down your throat thing. Correct. So the fact that it closes your throat's hilarious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, last two questions. We've made it. <laughs> wow. I know. So you're traveling. How do you find where to eat? 
Google. Yeah, big Googler. Yeah. Yeah. So you plan ahead. Uh, I just feel like you can you can kind of get an idea for the place just by looking at the little overview page with the thumbnail. Yeah. And then, you know, just depending on your category, what you want to search. So, like, it's a really fun game to do in New York or Chicago, for that matter. Any, like, large city that has a mass transit system. Just take, like, random rides on the mass transit system and then just Google whatever food you're in the mood for. Best so-and-so near me. And then go to that place. Like, that's how I found a couple of the best things I've eaten in my life in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Mahmoud's on McDougal. I feel like going off of a map too and like just being like what's nearby is such a good way to do things sometimes yeah. too. So it's like and where we, am I staying? We, Let me see what's around here. What can I walk to right now? Like get sure, off the train. Yeah. Where am I? <laughs> and they've made it and they've made it so easy for us with these search engines and all these apps Seriously. and everything that kind of tell you where everything is and mm-hmm. Yeah. Next thing you know, AI is gonna be planning your vacations, you know. Yeah, they were just talking about AI today on my podcast. It's like we're yeah. heading right towards Terminator 2, like right now. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's getting way too real. It is. It is. All right, and last one. You're on death row now. Uh-oh. And what's going to be your last Oh, one? cool. Yeah, I forgot about this one. There, There's a book <laughs> on this too, you know. Oh yeah, uh, I know. I'm. I'm. There was like an art exhibit that I went to once when I was in college that was all about like a lot, a lot of them were like serial killers or like obviously people who are actually on death row. And it was yeah, yeah. It's fascinating what the what these people eat. So crazy. Like some people would have like really really basic things like steak and eggs. Yeah, you know, and other people had like surf and turf. You know, lobster dinners and uh huh. Very extravagant. So mine would be, and I've thought about this one a lot in my life too. It would be um, like nice, a nice white bread because it has to hold up to what I'm going to put in it. Okay. But mayonnaise on both sides, <laughs> Kodo salami. I know it sounds Ooh. totally strange, but Kodo salami, American cheese, and crushed up Doritos. Two of those sandwiches, okay. <laughs> and then two of the coldest cans of Dr. Pepper that you could possibly find. Hell yeah. And I would wow. have one can okay. with each sandwich, and then I'd say, <laughs> all right, boys, let her rip. That's the greatest answer I think I've ever heard. <laughs> I agree. I just, uh, I've often thought about that, and it's like, there's just something about that sandwich that just reminds me. Because it's, it's the sandwich I ate all the time when I first moved out on my own. Yeah. So I would, like, come home from work in and, like, just be, like, so looking forward to, like, just a sandwich <laughs> with some chips on it and a fucking can of soda. And it's just, like, it just has this it's, – that's been my answer for, like, 20 years. I've been thinking I about that. I love that. Person. Yeah. I just hope <laughs> I never end up on death row. Yeah. Yeah, right. Let's hope it never comes to yeah. that. But Yeah. This has been great. I really appreciate this. And I I told people that when they asked about it, because they asked, you know, like, well, where is it? I said, oh, it's on Spotify and it's on their yeah. Insta page and da 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 da. I said, even if one person hears it and comes yeah. to hatched, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Or even That's if awesome. one yeah. even if one person hears it and then is inspired 
to either work in a restaurant or open their own restaurant yeah. or cook something or eat something yes. or whatever, just because they heard some people talking about it. I think that would be really cool. I totally, completely, 100% agree with that. We love doing it just because we love food so much and it brings yeah. us so much yeah. joy and we love talking about it and sharing it. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate you.